0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. let's for to
1: record, we got a Sun in Phoenix too. 52 to...
0: Phoenix Podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Big Meech, Meech Crumpetich.
1: My (laughs) wife tells me I need a new catchphrase other than, hello, and I don't have one yet. It's been, oh yeah, I forgot to mention last week, our uh, six-year anniversary show was last week, so it's been six years and a week, and I still don't have a intro catchphrase
0: nope uh just just hit me with the hello that'll be good hello nice all right (laughs) this week on the show we'll talk about Devin Booker's little all-star run that he's been going on lately before we recap last week's games against the Raptors Pacers Pistons and Spurs and then we'll quickly talk about this week's games against the Mavericks Pacers and Jazz
1: shout outs are in order for our bet question from last week. Shout-out to at Sundra Stunks on Twitter. We were guessing Aiton rebounds and points combined versus the Pacers from last week. And Sundra Stunks was closest on that. Between the two of us, Charlie, you win. You guessed 34. I said 30. And he had 39. He had 27 points, 12 rebounds. So you now lead the season series 6-4. to four.
0: That's what optimism gets you, Mitchell. And usually
1: I am the optimist. Right. But I went against my ways.
0: We'll see if you can make up for it this week. All right. The Devin Booker All-Star run has been pretty exciting. And it's honestly kind of funny. I think it did start in Toronto after the mascot deal. And (laughs) I honestly think that. Do you do you uh, disagree because I'm I'm I've bought into this I'm 100%. It was uh, the Raptors mascot <laughs> fu- fault that uh DeBook's playing like this now.
1: I mean when we had the first fan returns I believe he was 6th or so in the top 10 uh front court players or back court players for uh the Western Conference. So I don't know if it had that much to do, but I do know he has moved up a couple spots since then.
0: That is good. That is good. And he's been playing. He's just on fire back-to-back 30-point nights and then the 48-point game against the Spurs. So the stats are doing the talking to as we win games as well. You have to keep that in mind. So, you know, he's got the girlfriend uh, tweeting, getting those retweets from all the Kardashian fans out there. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, the little interview after the game about how he pretty much said, quit comparing me to Kobe and the Mamba mentality and all that. Yeah,
1: that was cool.
0: I think that may have been a little something that uh, Lakers fans would like to hear, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He has never compared himself to Kobe. I mean, he's talked about how he looked up to Kobe and wanted to be like him, but he's never said, oh, I'm the next Kobe or anything like that that's right. kind of been put on him.
0: Yeah. That that's very true. And I see a lot of things about how D-Book has kind of become a villain in the league. Mm-hmm. Do you do you back that?
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, especially with this Raptors mascot ordeal and then we have the whole double team thing that people didn't like and the 70-point game came in a loss. Uh Yeah, we have a lot of examples. I mean, he dates Kendall Jenner, and I... Now, this is a guess. I don't really know. But it seems like Kendall Jenner is one of the more liked members of that family, just from what I see on Twitter, which is very little from that. But I don't see as much negativity about her as the other ones. So it's like, I think a lot of people... A lot of people who are watching basketball wish they were dating Kendall Jenner, but Book is. So, I see him as a villain, and I think it's cool.
0: I've embraced it, too. And before, I'd get salty about people talking smack about Booker. And, you know, as the Suns became just a much more competitive team and, you know, making that finals run, it really hasn't changed. There's still a lot of smack talk about Devin Booker, but at least they're talking about him is maybe a good way to put it, especially as we relate this to a uh, an all-star run. I mean, the guy's name has been in the news a little bit more often, I'd say, especially with, yeah, this goofy Raptor mascot thing. And and then the next game, uh, Pacers fan shows up in a little dinosaur costume. I mean, we have that type of thing going on while we have the best record in the league, so... Man, if yeah. if this isn't enough for Devin Booker to have finish in a decent place in the fan vote, I mean, I'm just going to throw the fan vote out of my scope of view and just never worry about it again.
1: Which I'm already kind of in that position. Yeah. Because it, it only counts for one-third, I believe, because it's the players and the coaches that are the other. That counts for a lot more. The fan vote should probably be even less. I mean, Clay Thompson is being voted as an all-star. Kyrie, both of them have played, what, two, three games? Russell Westbrook. Westbrook has been so bad, but just because he plays for the Lakers, a lot of fans are going to vote for him.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd rather see the fans get to do something like set the starting lineup. Yeah. Or maybe even go a a step further and... Like even set the entire lineup. Like who do you want to see play together, or, or things like that. I think that'd yeah. be that'd be more fun than seeing I uh, I don't know the the. Uh, Clay Thompson does not deserve to be in the top four or five of voting. And no, Clay's a great player, and I hope he has a great return to the NBA this season. And it might take him a little bit, but putting him in the All Star game isn't. A great
1: move, and it's probably not great for Clay anyway, so keep him out right. of there. Right. He's not an all-star. He's barely played. Yes, I want him to come back and be successful. I want to see Clay return to form and for the Suns to still beat the Warriors. That's ideal right there. Yes. But yes. yeah, the fan vote is just such a joke. But it is exciting this year to see Chris Paul and Devin Booker up there, and DeAndre Ayton has been in that tenth spot in the western front court position for a while if we need to push for anyone it's probably him because i think he deserves it and the suns need to have three all-stars at least i would love to get four but that's not gonna happen Uh, but i think we should have three i think our big three all need to be all-stars this year
0: i think so too and you know with ayton's ankle injury that he just picked up uh who knows if he'll even be back for the All Star game at that point? But obviously, it's an honor to get picked. That's the yes. That's, that's the right. deal. That's right. All right. So you know, Booker's combined for a hundred something over the last three games. Uh, let's just hope he keeps that up as we we get closer. Voting's ending soon, right?
1: The twenty second. So that's 22nd. this weekend.
0: Yeah. So get your votes in. Game right. recaps. Game recaps. All right. Suns at Raptors was the first one. The the start of this big road trip, which we're 4-0 on, which is absolutely fantastic. But uh, we head to Toronto, play against an empty arena, and we end the Raptors' six-game winning streak.
1: Yeah, and it was a little bit too close for comfort. <clears throat> we relied a lot on free throws, especially toward the end, which... Booker was able to hit some clutch ones despite his irritation with the mascot. Uh, But we came out on top. That's what matters. We're going to have some ugly wins, and we just got to take that.
0: This is probably the ugliest win of the year so far, and I'm basing that completely on the fact that I was standing up in front of my TV yelling at the team to grab a rebound, uh, maybe (laughs) a, a word before rebound. Yeah. They grabbed 22 offensive rebounds against us. Chris Boucher had, uh, how many here? Nine by (laughs) himself. And I mean, I think it was just all in the third quarter. They were, it felt like they got 10 offensive rebounds in three or four possessions. It was insane. But something good that we take away from that is, look at Jay Crowder's rebounding numbers for the rest of the games this week. And him just manning the glass, boxing out. I mean, yeah, not even getting the rebound every time. Just doing such an excellent job boxing out. So we did take something from that. And I think, uh, I think Monty kind of pointed at Jay and said, "Hey, if you want to be a six-six power forward out with this lineup, you're gonna have to rebound."
1: Yeah, and he scored a lot in this game, though. Like, even though his rebounding was left some to be desired. He was a big part of why we won, hitting five of his 11 threes. That was a big part of the win.
0: Very true. We didn't shoot the three great in this one, uh, except for Jay. He had a yeah. definitely had a good night. Made our average look a little better than it actually was. Um, but then, yeah, the starting five in this one kind of carried everybody in double digits. No one going too crazy except Crowder with 19. Yeah, got Booker and Aiton both with 16, Chris Paul with 15, and McHale with 12.
1: Yeah, and the bench was rough. This was the game without Cam Johnson, but really a lot left to be desired from the bench. They were led by Jalen Smith with seven points.
0: Yeah, that's rough. And, uh, you know, this uh, a rare bad JaVale game here. Only played 14 <laughs> minutes. Uh Minus eleven in those minutes. It's uh it's tough when those guys like JaVale and having to have Jalen Smith step up like that and Biombo even got minutes in this game, but just I, I hate to see us get absolutely torched on the glass like we did. They out rebounded us uh forty seven thirty-nine overall, but Ugh. man, the the offensive rebounding numbers twenty two to ten.
1: Oof. Yeah, that's bad.
0: And that makes me worried about the playoffs again, though, to be 100% Mm -hmm. honest. Like, when we're up against those big teams, yeah, we signed some bigger guys who can uh, help in this aspect, but is it enough? Are we going to be able to, you know, make them pay when they miss
1: shots? Yeah, that was exactly our issue against the Bucs in the finals. And yeah, you're right. And we're lucky the Raptors only scored 95 points, which I'm sure is well below their average. We, you know, we held our own on the defensive end. But yeah, you're not going to win many games scoring less than 100.
0: Right. And yeah, we, uh, Fred Van Vliet got off to a hot start in this game, but finished uh, 7 for 18 from the floor. And I think uh, you just got a point at Mikhail Bridges for that. He had that. Duty on defense and did a pretty Excellent job throughout the game
1: Yes yes he did
0: Yeah get him on some uh, He needs to be talked about maybe I don't think uh, Defensive player of the year is quite there For him yet that's tough for a wing To do in general but yeah, I really want to see him on one of those All defensive teams this year
1: He's gotta be I think people are Recognizing how great of a defender He is too
0: yeah I mean Look what he did to Steph Curry And the numbers that Curry's had since then, he ruined him. (laughs) Not really. I'm going to eat those words in a few
1: days probably. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I heard something on No Dunks that I thought was really good about this. Because they even acknowledged, like, we don't talk about the Suns very often. They're really flying under the radar, even though they're the best team in the league. And they were like, it's to the point that it's just expected. We always expect them to win, and no one's surprised that they have the record that they have right now. Like, they're just that good. And I'm like, that's cool, but talk about them more, please. Yeah, please. But it was
0: pretty easy to talk about us three years ago under a different podcast name by them. But yeah. uh, when we were very poor, they had no, no issue uh, right. talking about I, how bad That's we were. my
1: thing. I think that's my thing that rubs me the wrong way, is... The way these national media outlets just talk about the Lakers so incessantly when they're bad, like they're a bad team this year. And if it were any other team, we wouldn't be hearing about it at all.
0: Yeah, just the measly 500 team with too many veterans and no draft picks and no ability to make a trade because uh, who who are you going to trade? It's going to be Russ. Who's going to take Russ's contract? Nobody yeah. who, who would do that at this point. I mean, it, it'd be insane no to take on Russ's contract right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be bad. But yeah, let's let's not even do it. Let's we're talking about the Suns here. Yeah,
0: yeah let's song. not talk crap about the best team in the NBA. Latest.
1: And what are we? I think we're three games up in the West right now, or two. Yeah, we've been
0: we've been making a little room. And uh, power rankings wise, though, the Grizzlies at the, the top. The Grizzlies
1: have been very hot. John Morant, I mean he's, wild. he's been great to watch.
0: He's wild, dude. He's so and, he's so fun. I, yeah. I hate I hate watching him play the Suns, but he's a guy I like to watch uh oh, when he's yeah. not playing the Suns for sure.
1: And one of two teams in the or actually, no no no, one of two teams in the entire league with two Gonzaga players. Wow. Brandon Clark and Killian Tilly go Zags. The other being the Washington Wizards with Rui Hachimura and Corey Kispert. Wow. (laughs) Thoughts? (laughs) None. None, actually. All right. All right. Very few. Happy for the Grizzlies, though. I really like them and I wish they weren't in the West.
0: Yeah, they should be in the East, honestly. They really should. They really should. Yeah. Get them over
1: there. They're hey, they're a very fun team.
0: If they add Las Vegas and Seattle though.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You never know. They might be. Them and the Pelicans, I believe, would be the logical be the actually draw a yeah. line and do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. East west of the Mississippi using the Mississippi River as the dividing line is so like Civil War era. <laughs> <laughs> We're far beyond that. True. True. <laughs> Okay,
0: let's move it on to the next one. And do we know why the Pistons game got moved ahead a few days? Did the league do us a solid? Because we were kind of banged up and COVID and we didn't have players travel. Like, it was was an interesting situation, but I feel like we caught a little break there.
1: Well, and we were traveling from Canada back into the U.S. We were supposed Ah. to play the next day. And I remember I said that and I was like, I don't think this is a very good idea. And I think it's because Toronto that game was rescheduled. The Raptors had to reschedule the game with us. That was originally planned for a different date. I think that's what I was seeing. Oh. And so then they said, okay, well because of this, we're gonna move this Pistons game to Sunday.
0: So okay. then it
1: gave them two full days to get back into the U.S. and go play the Pacers on Friday.
0: Okay, that does make sense. And we yeah. had the wasn't there a little blurb about Chris Paul? In protocol or something like that, but he
1: had it was like a false positive test or something. I don't even know if it was that. There was some issue with his COVID test, and so they had to put him in protocol for just a little bit, and then he tested negative and it was fine.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm glad he didn't have to miss any games. I can, I can tell you that. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh yeah.
0: All right, Pacers game, Uh, another win here, one twelve to ninety four. And, I mean, the the Pacers guys, they got theirs with uh, Sabonis having a pretty decent game. Lavert had a nice one. And then Justin Holliday couldn't miss threes. Yeah. But uh, we, we were able to hold them off. And, I mean, the big DeAndre Ayton game that we discussed a little bit, D-Book for 35 and Oh, it's so nice seeing those two guys lead us in the scoring column. I I just feel safe when those two guys are the ones getting the buckets.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. The Pacers, I mean, we've talked about them a little bit. They are falling apart at this point, but they have a lot of talent. I like Karis LeVert. I love Sabonis, Gozags. Miles Turner, I think, is a very good player. They just... Him and Sabonis just aren't built to play next to each other, I don't think. Um, I think they could be a much better team, but...
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they they were without Brogdon and McConnell, so they don't really have That's, a point guard. They're playing this Kiefer Sykes guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about him, so...
1: Lance Stevenson didn't play nearly enough. I know (laughs) friend of the show, Josh Cranowetter at Josh Cran on Twitter. He's been pretty vocal about, wow, the Pacers really need to play Lance Stevenson more. He's our only hope. No, he's not saying that at all, but
0: blow in my ear, Lance. (laughs) That's what Josh says.
1: Yeah. What, what's the deal with TJ Warren? Like, is is he just not going to play this year? Like, I feel like I haven't heard anything of it. I know he had the injury last year, but what the heck is the deal with him?
0: Uh, his injury? Um, I'm no doctor. I'm sure most of you know that. But uh, <laughs> what? navicular? He has a left navicular fracture. Oh. N-I- N-A-V-I-C-U-L-A-R. I don't even know what that is.
1: Well hope uh hope the best for him. <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah, I mean, he had the one year with us that was just like really solid and then he started well for the pacers and then we haven't seen him play for two years
0: yeah it's it's kind of crazy and he was just always in the injury report. It seemed like there was always something there was just always something going on mm-hmm. and yeah, he played uh four games last season. And then none so far this year. So, wow. but he did play. He did play sixty seven his first year in Indy. So, okay, which was a career high for him for a season.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the dude gets buckets. I I liked watching him play, and I hope he heals up. But the Pacers are in. They're in a uh, a pretty sticky situation.
1: Yes, they are. Yeah, I and I feel for Pacers fans having. I feel like we've been in a somewhat similar situation. They remind me a little bit of the Suns right after we blew everything up with Drogic and Thomas and Bledsoe.
0: Yeah, but like Sabonis and Turner and Levert, they're all decently young guys, you know? That's true, that's true. So I guess they do have a lot of trade value, but... I wouldn't want to trade Sabonis. I'd rather keep him there. I think he's gonna be yeah. a great player for a long time. I don't know why you'd get rid of him. And
1: I Well he wants out. Oh,
0: yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Miles Turner, he's he's kind of an inconsistent guy, but he's he's gonna protect the paint. I mean that's yeah. that's what he's good for. And uh about this game, seeing Aiden go at those two big boys like that, uh, strong mm-hmm. throughout the game was a really nice sign.
1: That's why I guessed a lower number because I know Miles Turner leads the league in blocks. And Sabonis has definitely improved on defense as well. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, hmm, this is. I don't see this going quite that well for Aiden. But yeah, he went off. All right,
0: let's move it on to the next one and the Pistons game. Uh, w here, 135 to. 108 we scored a few points in this
1: one yeah this was one of the most boring games that we've watched this season and we were talking about it like it's nice to just have a relaxing 11 a.m sunday game (laughs) like if we would have had that raptors game in that spot a game like that where it's really close that wouldn't have been a great way to start the day
0: but no like I'm kind of programmed to be able to accept that for football games as a Miami Dolphins fan. uh, it's never easy on a Sunday early Sunday watching a sporting <laughs> event, but yeah it was it was pretty refreshing and relaxing for this sun's win,
1: yeah, I took down my Christmas tree while watching it. yeah, oh, you kept that up don't... a while. You kept that up a while. <laughs>
0: Is your guyss down, yeah. Really? I didn't even have to ask Natalie. She just wow. took it down one day. I was kind of shocked.
1: That surprises me. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I took it down last weekend. I was going to do it the weekend before because technically the Christmas season ends like 12 days after the de- de- December 25th. So okay. we always keep ours up into January, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's like my least favorite part of the year. But mm. I thought, what better time? We're winning by 30. Like, I think I could handle taking it down right now.
0: So that's yeah. what I did. Fair enough. Uh, the bench scored 70 yeah. in this one. Yeah. JaVale and campaign, both with 20-point uh, outings. JaVale got his in 15 minutes on 9-10 <laughs> shooting. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And, you know, they're... They don't have a solid big guy. I'm trying to remember if they're missing anybody. I don't. Uh, I don't think they're even really missing any big men. They're missing Grant. I know that, but other than That's him, true. I know there's. Yeah. So Aiton verse, you know Isaiah Stewart, undersized. He's a brick house, but he's not very tall. Yeah. Then you throw Trey Lyles out there, and then uh, Luca Garza. Oh. Olenek, of course. Yeah, Kelly How can we forget eggs. Kelly?
1: Yeah, he hasn't been playing.
0: He would have been the difference maker then.
1: Yep. Yeah, this would have been a tight one if Kelly would have played. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Spitting no. facts there. This game was weird. I don't understand why Cade Cunningham got ejected. That was stupid.
0: No... Uh, I mean, it's it's dumb to do anything questionable after getting one technical because, I mean, that's how you end your game. Yeah, yeah all right, But, I know. mean, if he wasn't pointing at Jalen Smith, was he really taunting? Like, can you just not point at any anything? Yeah. I, I don't know. But it's just not a smart move. But then Josh Jackson played 15 minutes <laughs> – shot the ball twice and got thrown out of the game. Yeah. Two tees. Yeah. Why? Like w- <laughs> what
1: what happened Josh? W- what even happened? I'm sure he was talking like he does. Man, uh... seeing him on the court again just gave me such awful flashbacks.
0: Man, and he it seemed like for a minute he was going to improve. He was putting mm-hmm. up a few decent games, like, towards the end of last year. Mm-hmm. But, man, I don't think he's improved much at all.
1: No, he had a really good run in the G League for a minute. <laughs> then he came up and had two or three pretty good games. And we're like, oh, wow, good for him. And now we're just back to the usual. Like, yep. I cannot believe we picked him number four.
0: Oh, man. And, you know... We're out of it. Like we 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 somehow got out of all of that crap with the yeah. Chris Thank and you, Bender and Euless and all those draft picks. They're all gone except yep. Devin Booker, and uh, <laughs> we're doing all right. We're doing just fine. Yeah,
1: you know I really don't miss those days that much. Like I was thinking about it since we've been doing the podcast for six years and a week now. Thinking about all the different seasons that we've seen and like these last two and the bubble. The bubble season was very weird, but by the time we got to the bubble, it was fun. But like, I really don't miss a whole heck of a lot about those seasons. Like, yeah, doing the podcast was fun, but like it was painful. Every game was painful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the best part (laughs) of the year was the draft. Yeah, the period between the draft and then realizing that the guys we drafted aren't good. So <laughs> there was like a, you know, you get into summer, you get a little taste at summer league and you know everybody can have a good game at summer league so you're like, yeah, yeah. they're going to be all right. And then we get into the actual NBA and realize like, oh, these guys aren't meant to be on this court at this yeah. point at least. Hey, Chris just signed another deal though with I did the, see that. With the Mavs, I think they waved Kali Stein for him. Is that right?
1: I think that's right.
0: Yeah. So I mean, hey. And we get to see him in a couple days here.
1: Yeah, maybe he'll get ejected in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> How fitting that would be. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. All right.
0: <laughs> okay. Spurs game. Let's let's wrap this up. Uh one twenty one to one oh seven win. And the game was tight all the way up until the fourth, where the Suns showed that we're the most clutch team in the NBA and uh, no lead is safe.
1: That's right. We were down 12 in the third quarter and then went on a run and never looked back. And it's because Devin Booker had 48 points. I mean, he just had to take over. And Eddie said this on the broadcast that it also brought back some memories where he reminded us all that this is how Devin Booker used to have to always play. Right. And we don't see it very often anymore because it's just not needed. We have other guys who can score. Booker can, you know, pick up 20, 25 points, maybe a little bit more here and there. But we don't need these huge games. But he can still do it. And when it's necessary, when everyone else is cold, Booger can go off for almost 50 points.
0: Almost. It was uh, pretty good seeing he got his chance to get 50. He put up two threes. Neither of them went down, and uh, Monty took him out, and you could tell he was a little peeved. And I, I, I don't know how to feel about that. I'm, you know... He should be happy that we won the game and that he did a great job and be happy for his teammates and all that, but I also want my star player being a little ticked off that he didn't get 50. You know, I'm yeah. kind I kind of lean yeah. both ways about it.
1: Yeah, he also tied Amari for the most 40-point games in Suns history with this one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that is fun. And this
0: is the most he has scored in a win with this forty-eight.
1: Oh, nice.
0: That's a that's nice to see because that's much you know easier. you think about the back-to-back forty in the finals, which uh, unfortunately we lost those games, and then the seventy obviously coming in a loss. But uh-huh. yeah, putting up forty-eight in a victory, we'll will take that D book.
1: Yes, we will. And then Biombo was. The other guy Biombo and Chris Paul helped book around a little bit. Biombo with his best game as a son, seventeen points, fourteen rebounds, eight for ten shooting. He just like is ruthless on the rim. Just relentless. He, is. he I love watching so him hard. Dunk. Yeah.
0: He's Aiden, I mean pick up a little bit, please, my man. Like I know I know you have the finesse and you don't need to yam everything, but When you do dunk, dunk it like six foot eight Bismack Biombo, man. That's so
1: powerful. Yeah. And it's just it's a really nice compliment to Chris Paul, too. When you get him the ball in just the right spot and he makes sure he finishes. And he had a really nice play at one point where he he grabbed an offensive rebound and he could have just tipped it in. But he went down because he saw the defender, and so he was—he knew he could dunk it, so he kind of baited the defender a little bit and then dunked it and got fouled. Uh, I believe that was the one free throw he made as well. I might be wrong on that.
0: Nice. But, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, eight offensive rebounds out of Biombo that, again, I have flashbacks to that uh, Raptors game where they grabbed so many offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. So when I see us doing that to another team, that, that's exciting. Uh, no one else grabbed a ton of offensive rebounds for us, but uh, Biambo is the guy who, you know, he'll hustle. He'll hustle to get that stuff, and that's a beautiful option to have as your third-string center.
1: Yeah, yes. It's such a nice upgrade from what we've had in the past. Uh, yeah,
0: and, you know outscoring them by 18 in the fourth to just end the game felt very fitting in this one. For some reason, I don't know. I just love seeing us beat the Spurs. It it feels so good, but I mean the most clutch team in the NBA hands down.
1: Oh, by far.
0: All right. Game previews for next week. Uh, we finally end this road trip, even though I have a suspicion the team came home after the Spurs game. Maybe, I don't know, but, uh, Thursday, Suns at Mavericks. Uh, Luca has not been shooting the ball well, but the Mavericks are coming along a little bit. They're playing some all-right basketball. Yeah,
1: he had a triple-double the other night. He's still been pretty good. I really hope Aiton's back for this one because we know that he plays really well against the Mavs. We don't lose to the Mavs if Aiton's playing. Right. So, yeah, should be a good one. It'll be... Exciting to play a team like the Mavs, who's a little bit better after playing the Spurs, Pistons, Pacers, and Raptors.
0: Yeah, true. That That is true. And yeah, especially the Jazz on Monday, too. That'll be another, uh, yeah. another good one for us. But these scrubs just lost to the Lakers, so I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, we get the Pacers again on Saturday, though, So, and this is our bet
1: question. It is our bet question. So we are going to do the exact same thing that we did for the last one against the Pacers, just because the timing worked out. It's two games against the Pacers. So here we go. 8 points plus rebounds. Maybe I'll tweet it this time, too. I forgot last time. Ooh. So I believe this is this is a Saturday game. <laughs> There's a better chance I will remember on Saturday than Friday. There we go. So, yeah, we'll see. No guarantees, though. Uh, but anyway, we're guessing eight in points plus rebounds against the Pacers on Saturday. Uh, I can go first. I haven't been going first. Um, so he had 39 in the last one against the Pacers with 27 points, 12 rebounds. He rolled his ankle a little bit. Hopefully he's good to go for this one. Um I'm going to say 35.
0: 35? Okay. So I'm a little nervous that he's even going to play in this one because uh, he was on crutches in, in an Instagram uh, oh, video. That I didn't see that. Um, so uh, if he plays, I assume it'll be limited.
1: I'll just go 20. Cool 20. All right. So, let us know on Twitter at sunny and p h x pod how many points and rebounds combined do you think Deandre and will have I suppose you could say he won't play, and that would count too, I guess, so if you want to take the cheap way out, yeah that, that'll yeah, take. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, and then it'll be nice to play the jazz Monday, get back to playing a little bit more competitive basketball um, I like the little feud that the fans have between Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. It doesn't seem like those two have a feud at all, but no. it's, I, I mean, I think it's just so clear that Booker's better. I, yeah, I
0: mean, as a Suns fan, I obviously agree with you there. Uh, and I, from what I've seen out of Donovan Mitchell, I think he can be a very solid player in the league, but books just a step above. And awesome. I, I, that's that's where I'll leave that. We don't need to go too yeah, deep. We don't
1: that. we've heard it all. If you've been on Reddit, you've read way more yeah. about this. But yep.
0: Yep. And okay. you know, I'd love to see Aiton and Gobert match up in this one to be I just think that's a, a fun one and DeAndre doesn't doesn't uh take a step back when he's going against Gobert. It seems like he's always taking it right at him, not afraid of the height, the size, or his blocking ability and that's what we need to see out of Aiton against every big guy.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think we totally can.
0: Agreed. I, I think, uh, man, ever since that, that run last year, especially in the playoffs, I have very high standards for DeAndre Ayton now.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah. Uh, I wish we would have signed him. I wish we would have picked it up, the, his rookie extension. But, I mean, there's still plenty of time to pay the guy a lot of money and keep him around for a long time.
1: yes that's true well and i think he is meeting that high standard the vast majority of the time
0: too totally agree
1: yeah all right well with that we will move to our non-sports section of the show so right before this we were talking about watching tv when we were kids i uh I saw a YouTube video today that was a compilation of commercials from the late 90s to the late 2000s. And we were just kind of reflecting back on how things have changed. So our question is, what cartoons did you watch as a kid? All right. So the OG that I
0: remember like personally choosing to watch mm-hmm. was Rugrats. Rugrats. Rugrats that was that yeah. was the one and then as I grew up it became Hey Arnold oh, that and, was a good show and it still is good man yeah. go watch an episode of Hey Arnold right now and you will be so entertained mm. and man I feel like I've talked about Hey Arnold on this podcast before that sounds that, very familiar because this is the one thing I this is what makes me think we have I think I remember saying this but a kid growing up in a little po-dunk town in South Dakota, seeing like the city life that kids got to live, was mm-hmm. just so foreign to me. And I was like, "Whoa, they live like that and in like a, a tall building and all these rooms and like apartments." It was like yeah. crazy
1: to me. The Murphy bed, I remember being like so yeah. enamored by the and the, like
0: bed. the stoop kid. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I mean we we didn't know anything about that but uh i don't know that that show was just kind of eye opening to kids and i i just thought that was so neat and i like still to this day as a grown man recommend watching an episode of hey arnold
1: they tackled a lot of important stuff in that show too and we didn't realize it as kids right but yeah they did a good job of explaining some of those things like going back and realizing it and reading about that show yeah it was a good one Rugrats sure. Rugrats was interesting too actually um because I remember episodes they would always do Hanukkah episodes as well as Christmas episodes oh yeah because Chucky was Jewish Chucky was Jewish yeah yeah and I remember like that that may have been my first introduction to like the Passover Seder you know yeah and I remember it, you know, as I learned more about that, I thought back of, like, I think they actually did a pretty accurate representation of that in that show. So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting.
0: It's Um, kind of funny, just, like, very broad here, thinking about some of the shows that we watched that, like, you know, shaped us maybe a little bit or were just good influences on us. And and then I remember like a show like Ren and Stimpy, which <laughs> yeah. you know Rocco's like,
1: Modern Life too. That was like oh,
0: Rocco's Modern Life was yeah. solid. I remember being sick when I was a kid. I think I had like pneumonia. Ooh. But uh yeah, it was like I okay, yeah, I remember that. I was sick for like at least a week. It was probably the sickest I've ever been. And I watched it must have been like a Rocco's Modern Life marathon on <laughs> Nickelodeon. And I just slammed through it. It was days of Rocco's Modern Life. And I I probably watched nearly every episode. But that was a good show, too. (laughs) I I appreciate that one more than uh, the aforementioned uh, Ren and Stimpy.
1: Yeah. Rocco's Modern Life was creepy to me. I didn't really like it because it scared me.
0: The neighbors that were, like, the Mr. and Mrs. Bighead, the yes. frogs, they were scary. Yes. Like, legit. And
1: yeah. what's, what was his name? Heifer or whatever. Heifer, the big that cow, That guy yeah. scared me. Like, the, the he whole, was, like, dumb and lovable. It, yeah, the whole thing just, like, <laughs> freaked me out. <laughs> That's it. Um, but I, I think when I was really younger, I liked – the old school, like I watched quite a bit of Tom and Jerry and I have seen some clips of Tom and Jerry recently. And that show was super violent. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't realize it back then, but I'm like, wow, this really was a kid's show. But I, whenever that was on the cartoon network had like a classic hour or whatever, I would love to watch Tom and Jerry um, but for the more modern stuff, I liked all those shows that you talked about. I also really remember liking The Fairly Parents. Um, oh, that was a pretty good one, too. Yeah. I, I liked that one. I remember there was an episode of that that I don't know the exact details of it, but it, there was some special episode that they were doing. And I remember you would watch the show and you would see all of the commercials and it would say, oh, the one-time special event is going to be airing eight 7th Central on Saturday or whatever. And I remember me and my sister told our parents, we have to finish with dinner early. we got to watch the special episode. They are never going to show it again. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, they're going to show it again. Like, <laughs> and we were like, no, no. They said, the commercial said, they will never, ever air this again. So we have to watch it now. And like... Of course they aired it again, but we, our understanding was it was a one-time thing and then it was gone forever. <laughs> so I have a clear memory of that. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of good shows back then. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Fairly Laughed Parents was good. Um, I remember Cat Dog. Also, oh, Cat Dog Warner was the, shows. Cat
0: Dog, Cat Dog, very, very high up on my list. Yeah, sure. it was weird i can message. sing the theme song <laughs> like i know that by heart well maybe one of the best cartoon theme songs uh maybe we need to close the episode with maybe, that maybe because it, it's a banger
1: yeah and then uh this one is a shout out i was a little bit older when this came out and when i watched it and i didn't fully appreciate it until i was an adult actually but avatar Lost last airbender that's Same, a great, great show. Yeah. So good. And it's hardly a cartoon, but yeah, that's a great show. And I, I do remember watching it as a little bit of an older kid. But yeah, you know, it was it was just different. This is kind of what we were talking about before that TV wasn't on demand. It was you had to watch when it was on, and you'd sit and watch the TV guide channel and see what was on. And I never watched that show in order. And I didn't have Netflix until like probably late high school is when Netflix got big and for me at least. And yeah, it was, it was a huge change. It took a long time for me. Cause I'm, I tend to be a late adopter of technology. Mm-hmm. It was a, a big change for me to like, not just watch TV when it was on and just be able to do it on demand.
0: Yeah, and something that I I just kind of realized, I used to watch TV without knowing what was on and just yeah. uh, always be able to find something that interests me. Yeah. And like I've been so spoiled, I can't do that anymore.
1: Yeah. Like Flipping if I sit down to watch TV,
0: it's to watch something in particular usually. Yeah. And yeah, with all the on demand stuff and you can watch anything any way you want nowadays, I mean, yeah i i'm still like me and you both were part of the cord cutting yes or whatever yes. Mm-hmm. it's not it's not a fad i mean lots of people are still doing it but yeah i mean all of the all of the streaming television that we have now and the ability to watch it on your phone or like that's still so amazing to me yes. i mean Like, I grew up, my family had one of those wooden TV set boxes. (laughs) Uh, Like, we had one, and I remember moving that out of our basement. That thing weighed at least 100 pounds. It was just a monster.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I remember my grandparents had a big screen TV in their basement, and we thought it was so cool. And it was that same thing, the big wooden box. And my grandpa was so proud of it, and we used it to watch football and Yeah, it was, like, it was great. I remember watching uh, Yao Ming. It was his first year in the league, I believe. (laughs) And we were like, let's turn this game, let's watch the Rockets. We want to see what this Yao Ming is all about. And I remember we were like, wow, this is great. And now, like, that TV, (laughs) like, wouldn't even be considered big anymore. No. (laughs) Yeah. And back
0: then, it was, like, people would say, like, other than let's watch TV, they'd be like, let's go watch this on the big screen. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: I haven't said that in so long. (laughs) Let's go watch this on the big screen. Yeah. Cause Oh my gosh. That just brought back a bunch (laughs) of memories. Me and my sister had this like playroom and we eventually got a TV for it, but it was just little and you know, it was the box and it was staticky, but in like our living room, we had a big screen and whenever there was something we really wanted to watch, we'd say, let's go watch this on the big screen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in so long.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. And yeah. nowadays I'm content, like pulling up direct TV stream on my phone, putting it horizontally resting against my TV or my monitor and watching TV like that. Right, like, right. the times have changed.
1: Oh, they have
0: and i think that wraps this up yes question a question that he asked yeah all right we thank you guys for tuning in we'll be back with another episode next week uh tweet at us at sunny and phx pod with your favorite cartoon when you were growing up and we will see you next week go suns